What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Kingdom Bringer podcast. Uh, good to be back again for another week. Episode number 18. We went, We had a snafu last week. Uh, for some reason, Podbean did not put it out. There was a glitch in the system. It didn't get uploaded until a couple days later. So we were a little slow on downloads. I want to re- remind you guys to go back and check that out if you haven't. But this one should be up and going. I'm guessing if you're listening to me right now, then it's up and going. We want to remind you guys to rate, review, subscribe, and share these episodes. Get the word out to your friends. Go on iTunes, rate and review. It's simple. You go on there, you give five stars. There's really no other option for you guys as listeners of this show. Five stars. Tell us what you think. You can send us your questions and your comments to thekingdombringers at gmail.com. That is it. We have a special guest today. He's been on before. It's... The amazing, the powerful. Stop. <laughs> it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Chris Hagen is What's here with us on? again. What's How you doing, on? man? I'm good, man. Blessed to be here. Y'all know I get excited anytime y'all have me on. So let's get it. Hey, I'll say your uh, your episode you were on. I think you were on number six. I want to say episode six mm-hmm. uh, was a popular one. Yeah, it Praise was. God. It was popular with the the people that enjoy uh, Barry White's voice. Yeah, glad y'all like it. You got that going, (laughs) Scott Tilly. How was your weekend? Uh, is phenomenal. Even on the level, I don't even know, man. It was it was ridiculous. Uh, just a lot of revelation, man. Really for me, um, kind of living in that place right now where everything's just really fresh, you know. And uh, I don't know whoever's listening. You know that we don't serve a stale God. He's very fresh and. And uh, yeah, man, uh, weekend was great. Got to spend time with my mom. She came out, and uh, you didn't preach Sunday, did you? I did. Uh, you sure you did? Well, <laughs> I evangelized. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny you bring that up because I got I got about three quarter of the way through that service, and I was like, maybe I should get to my notes. And God was like, nope, the message was already brought. You don't have to do anything <laughs> wow. else if you don't want to. I went on there to watch, and it didn't. I don't know if Scott Tilly ever gave a message. Oh That's my awesome. goodness. <laughs> What 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 better way to uh, teach on evangelism than just to do it? Yeah, that's good. That's so good. <laughs> that's so yeah. funny, man. How yeah. have, how have you guys enjoyed? Chris hasn't preached yet. He's getting ready to preach. Are you going to be in Buckland or Will Rudd's this week? Um, do you know? Buckland. He's coming to Buckland, man. Coming to Buckland on He's the 30th. Be Buckland. Mm-hmm. Better be, because I talked him up. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Last, well, we. Th- I was off camera by that point. I had to use my phone to go do the communion prayer that was sent to me from a friend okay. of mine, Ron Wade, but... I was like, y'all better show up for this dude. Well, you pumping it up doesn't mean a whole lot because two weeks ago you pumped up Jason Getz and <laughs> it was actually me. So <laughs> I've looked at the schedule. I, I was right this I, time. I, I will take your pumping ups as, oh, with man. a grain of salt. No. Oh, that's too funny. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get Chris in there. We're doing that uh, seven part series on the fivefold ministry. It's been fun so far. I think the, the folks have heard about uh, the prophetic. They've heard about the evangelism. And now we're about ready to unleash the teach. Unleash the teacher. Unleash the teach, unleash man. Are you excited about it? I'm really excited about it. Um, it's always interesting going into a different environment because God always reminds me that it's the same spirit. So I don't have to do anything different or special. You just go in there with his spirit. And um, it should be a very, very interesting, fun time. Have you preached much? Have you preached much in my life? Yeah. 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 Like at other churches. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Back home, that's pretty much what okay. I did. Um, I was just one of the ministers on the roster, but gotcha. kind of similar to here. So. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So you're going to be there. Jason's going to be at Will Rhodes. Uh, Jason will be talking on the Apostle, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. He's in Colorado. I got back from Colorado. That's a good story. So Chris, you, I don't know if this is supposed to be unleashed or not. Uh oh. Um, there's a chance that you and Jason are going to be picking up the Two Brothers podcast. Yeah. So me and Jason have talked about that um, a few times now, and I just think it's something that God is doing. Uh, him and James were doing it before, and they used to do a, a great job on it. But James unfortunately moved away. So um, there's kind of a spot open to kind of hop in there, and I think God set it up for me to go ahead and take that spot and. 
we're just going to see what God's going to do. But, yeah, I think that's definitely something that's going to be happening here in the next few weeks. That's good, man. I'm excited about that. I've been uh, talking to Jason quite a bit. I, I might have the opportunity to produce that for you guys. We'll see if Jason's down with that or not. But It'd be great. It'll be kind of cool to have that, uh, man, getting kind of a network going. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about having a uh, Kingdom Bringer podcast <laughs> network where we've got some friends and just kind of really encouraging people to get their voice out there. It's pretty definitely. cool. So. Tilly needs to get his own, too. Uh, no, nah, I'm good with this one. He, he could be the uh, the John the Baptist podcast. <laughs> Come podcast. to the wilderness experience. <laughs> Join me. Experience. I've got camo hair. Oh, wilderness. Wilderness. The with, wilderness with, podcast. With Scott Tilly. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it, it might work. I don't know. It's close. That's, that's, da- it's know, similar man. to what Damon Thompson does, right? Wilderness people. Wilderness is it, is it wilderness yeah. people? Wilderness yeah. something. Yeah. Anyway. Society. Copywritten. So- wilderness society. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So today I've got, um, I want to talk a little bit about kind of what we're doing on Facebook. So we got five guys, not the burgers. Those are good, but <laughs> we've got five, five of us have taken a day of the week that we're doing a Facebook live feed and we've done it for one week. I think it's been successful, like just in the number of like, people that are checking it out, the number of views, comments, and excitement for it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just been really fun, too. For sure. Um, we had one testimony come to us that was, she 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 posted on Facebook what we're doing and was just really excited about it, talking about how we're transforming her Facebook experience because there's so much crap on Facebook, and she's really enjoying tuning, tuning into what we're doing. Um, Scott Tilly, what's, what's been your impression of that? Have you enjoyed doing that? And being a part of that oh of course man anytime i get to hear the word of god through somebody else um is is really refreshing to my soul and and it being five guys well four i guess not counting me but um in a circle and a friendship that's so sustainable man that there's so much substance to and just to listen and hear the voice of people that i love like that i just love and and are family to me um that means a lot because you know, even if I can't catch that thing right away, man, God's going to, I just feel like he has a word in that thing for me at a specific time in my life. If I can't catch it that night or maybe it's the next day, but it's always encouraging to me when you see brothers and sisters rising um, in their giftings and the things that God has um, entrusted to them and, and then using them for the most importantly for his glory. And that's really what we've kind of come to um, agreement in and it's like we're gonna do this for God, man. Yeah. And then because mm-hmm. everything kind of stems from that, and just and then everything flows from that, really. So it it's been really refreshing to me to be able to hear those, to be able to, you know, <clears throat> a year ago I had no idea who Chris Hagen was. Now I'm <laughs> doing life with this dude, you know, and I would I would literally take a bullet for him or his family. I love him and um and Ryan, you know, kind of the same thing. Ryan and Amanda just with. uh not really knowing over the last couple of years who they are, but God really aligning some kingdom families for kingdom purpose. And man, just that is just a small bit of, of what these people are doing for the kingdom of God. But it is a, it is a, it's a big thing because you have yeah. testimonies like that from that amazing person whom we all yeah. know who says, man, I look at trash all day, but then this stuff right here is what actually resonates with my soul. Yeah. So I love it, dude. I can't wait to like weekly just to see it and hear it. And um, yeah. man, just it's fun for me for sure. One part that I really enjoy is like being a former like promoter and concert promoter guy. I love like the idea of promoting other people's stuff. And so it's kind of <laughs> cool that we get to all go on and share each other's stuff and yeah. help. I get to help promote Chris Hagen and who he is and get his word out and Scott Tilly and everybody involved. And that's just been really fun too. Um, I think what we're doing in that something we've alluded to a lot in this podcast is just that culture of honor. I think the world's getting to see us honoring each other and that's a game changer. I think when it comes to ministry, bro, definitely. What do you think about that, Chris, as far as like the culture of honor that's being generated and all that? I mean, I just, I just don't think, you know, in this realm of what we're doing that people get to see that enough. Like they don't see enough unity in the kingdom. And it's like, why is that? 
you know, why is everybody branching off? Everybody wants to do their own thing. Everybody thinks <laughs> that their way is the best way. And it's yeah. like, who is it about? Is it about us or is it about Jesus? Yeah. You know, so I just think that it's so important that people are getting to see us in a culture of honor, a culture of unity saying, hey, it ain't about any particular one of us. It's about the king. And let's focus on that. And if we walk in unity, then everybody's going to be, everybody's going to prosper from this whole yeah. deal. You know, if we can walk in unity and not just think about ourselves. Um, yes. So it's been great to be a part of. That's awesome. good. That's awesome. And with that, I think that every attempt that we have at transforming social media or transforming the culture or transforming um, our region or where we're at, we're always going to have like opposition to that. Mm-hmm. And so, there's there's nothing that I really dislike more than when people go on on Facebook or go on social media and just bring contentment and disagreement. You know, mm-hmm. there's plenty of things that I disagree with or that I don't agree with in this world. I just don't feel the need to go <laughs> make a point to showcase my disagreement. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have to expect that more and more and more, the more we get into this thing and going after what we're doing with this fivefold ministry and with ministry in general, the more we go into it, the more of a platform God gives us and allows us to have, the more we're going to have that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's kind of becomes a part of it, you know, yeah. and it's unfortunate, but um, at the end of the day, you know, just, but there's a, there's a Christ-like way to handle it. Yeah. And right? you, you pray for people yeah. and, you know, you don't you don't have to accept it or be a part of it, but you just pray for them that God will just kind of show them, you know, his way of doing things. And, and so they won't focus so much on who's right or wrong, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you said the, the end where you said right or wrong. Um, I was asked one time, I can't remember, this was early in the, in the ministry when uh, things for us were really looking grim from a physical perspective, but I wasn't. I hadn't been taught yet to look at things through a spiritual lens. So I was looking at things through the wrong lens and it wasn't with my spirit eyes and I was focused on the wrong things. So um, I was asked a question, well, what makes you think you're right in what you're preaching or what you're teaching and what you're ministering? And my, my response has just always been, it's not about, it's not about me being right. It's about the right one who's already went before us and made things righteous. There you go. So mm-hmm. I, I want to, I got a little testimony, um, not personally, but, Graham Cook, I don't know if any of y'all watched that video I sent to you, but uh, he was talking about these two hecklers he used to have, and, and really the prophetic, when it was booming in Europe for um, this last uh, season, he he was saying how he used to have these two hecklers show up everywhere he went, it was a small church or a big event, and they would just heckle him and be like, you know, you're 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 a heretic, you're not speaking the word of God, you're a false prophet, you're a false teacher, and and he would get really, he he said he got to the point where he started praying that they would be like killed that God would just kill him. Oh, <laughs> like, man. and, um, bright brick, you know, like I like brought fire yeah, from yeah, heaven. Yeah. Like that's what he wanted. Yeah. And, uh, the, he said the Lord uh, let him in on a dream one night and he let him up on the throne to stand on the throne. Sounds crazy to me, but that God let him like to stand on his throne. He was looking over the back of the throne and he could see that there was something being built. Mm-hmm. There was an image being built and God was like waiting for him to ask him what it was. And Graham was like, what is that? And behind it, like, were the two hecklers. They were building. Whoa. They were building this thing for wow. Graham. And uh, there was an, he said there was an angel on the floor rolling around laughing because of his response to God saying that was, why would you let them do that? And, yeah. you know, and there was an angel just literally laughing because God was about to reveal something so wow. prominent in his life. And he said, they're building your ministry for you. Like wow. there, and so he he said, now when you he said, I want you to hang on to my word, and when you go back, I want you to bless those who curse you. That's yeah. your job to bless those who curse you. Yeah. So he would he went back, and everywhere they went, he was like, hey, I'm so glad you guys are here. You're actually going to come in this time, and and they, of course they didn't. But a couple you know a couple times later, they ended up not not coming around anymore. But um, I, th- I think if we allow things in our life, controversy or adver- um, you know adversity to help us mold. Um, this thing that God has given us and trusted us with, like we, we can really rise ab- above the, the heckling and, and, and above the jarring and above yeah. the things spoken against us. And, and here's the thing that I think we need to realize is 
that it's not about us. It's not just about us. They're learning something in that process too. We have no idea what God's doing in the heart of that person. Right. Mm-hmm. Not a clue. And how we respond, you said that there's a way to resp- respond respond Christly. Yeah. How we respond is, I think, the way that what God's waiting for. Yeah. I think He's like, mm-hmm. right, how, how you gonna, how you gonna, handle, how you gonna this? handle this? Yeah. Like, I've I've given you every tool to handle it the right way. Mm-hmm. How are you gonna do it? And the fact that He trusts me to handle that the quote unquote right way because His way is the right way is mind blowing to me. Like yeah. that, I would even have an opportunity in this circumstance to showcase Jesus when my flesh is going. Just scream at Him. Just scream at him, yell at him, tell him to leave you alone, argue you know, kick him. and scream, argue. Mm-hmm. And God say, no, you, you give him the Holy Spirit. Like, you give him Jesus in this moment. And that's what really changes the atmosphere around us, I think. That's good. So. I love it. I think there's a chiseling process when those difficult times come. I think of Paul being, you know, he, he had called it uh, buff, buffeting. It was buffeting me. At every turn, you know, mm. so people, people buffeting him and, and throwing him in jail and beating him up. There's a chiseling process there where God's cutting off the rough edges, smoothing up things. And I think that's, that's the opportunity I have whenever that comes my way. It doesn't feel good. Um, especially if it's close friends or family that's, you know, being content with, with what you're saying or what you're doing. But there's a, there's a process there that, like you said, God takes everything the enemy means to bring me down and turns it for good. Amen. And so that's a good thing. I wanted to talk. We can, we can shift over a little bit to, um, how about Scott sh- share with us what you were kind of wanting to talk about. Uh, to I just, I gifts. was, in, I was kind of studying this morning. Um, and it's funny, like I didn't even really go over this specific verse, but the Lord just began to, you know, um, I always want to see, people's gifts. I always want to look at people for the gifts that they have before I ever even get to a place of picking, you know, anything else out of them. I, I want to see like, man, where, where has God blessed you? What has he blessed you with? And, and, uh, I think sometimes we don't even know what he's gifted us with until somebody else pulls it out of us. Hmm. And I was really thinking about that. And, and I began to just ponder on the parable of the talents. And I'm going to read a little bit and then we can just kind of get into this, but um, I just want to thank you, Father, for your word and how, how amazing your truth is in your word and how it it, um, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, but it is alive and it's active, so it looks like something. And I'm thankful, Jesus, for um, the ability that we have to just walk in relationship with you. Um, and I just, I just want to praise you for what you're doing in this life, and I want to thank you in advance for what's to come. In Jesus' name. So uh, it says in the parable of the talents, this is from Matthew 25, it says in 14, for it will be like a journey a man um, is going on who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Now, right away we see that God has entrusted these men with these talents, Mm -hmm. these giftings, and um, according to their ability, what he's entrusted them with to their ability. Then he went away. And uh, he who uh, had the five talents went at once, traded with them, and he made five talents more. So he who had the two made two more talents, but the one who had received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, we kind of know the rest of that and how that story plays out and how uh, God doubled, you know, um, the others. And and, and the last guy, basically, um, if you read through that story, it talks about how he's... uh, He's thrown in the outer darkness where we weep and gnashing of teeth. Um, and yeah. if you really read into the Greek of that, um, there was, they had a, tr- over the walls of the cities, they had a trash bin and they would throw all their trash over this bin. Hmm. And, and so what they would do with these people, essentially, if they were cast out or whatever, is they would throw them over the wall into the trash. So there was weeping. Yes. And then what would happen with the trash is animals would come and they would eat. Think about how an animal eats and gnashes its teeth. Yeah. And so this was kind of the, this is what that meant was that they would, they would throw these things away. So if you're, I don't want to preach, but I'm going to have to preach today a little bit. (laughs) If God's entrusted you with a talent and you just go sit on it and bury it and just, and don't do anything with it, man. Like not only are you, are you forfeiting a ministry opportunity, but you're forfeiting somebody else's blessing. Mm. because somebody needs to hear what you have, man. And this is, this is just where my heart is right now with people and what the Lord showed me this morning in that study was, and I don't say this to condemn or make anybody feel bad, but so many people are sitting on their talents right now. 
And I believe that God is rising up a generation that knows their talent and knows their worth. And, and some people are going to be perceived as vain because they have the knowledge of the Father. It just goes along with what you, you were saying. That's good. And, and people that don't get it just don't get it yet. Like they, you don't know what you don't know. But if I'm sitting on my talent and I'm not sharing it with the world, then somebody else can't come into the knowledge of what God has entrusted to them. Mm. So in, essentially, um, talents are, are things that God gives us. They're blessings, they're giftings, they're the good things that he's given us. But if we're just taking them and and sitting on them and doing nothing, well, one day, I guess when God releases me to do this, I'll go do it. You're not always going to have the feeling like, okay, now's the time. But now's always the time. Mm. Now's always a time for a fresh word, for a good word. And I don't know, man, I, my heart's just been in this place with these talents of of this fivefold thing. And what I, what my heart is with that is to get people to recognize what theirs are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that I grow in mine by giving you a piece of what I have, you know? So I don't know if that makes sense. I just, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense heart. to me because, um, like just being a part of the fivefold, like watching you evangelize makes me want to evangelize. Like it's motivating. Like it makes me want to go and just pull somebody off the street and be like, Hey man, let me tell you about Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, watching you prophesy makes me want to do that, you know, and I may not have that gift yet. I don't know, but there are people that do that. If they see you doing that, then it'll be the same thing, except they'll go walk in that and say, Oh, okay, well, Maybe I can do the same thing. Mm. I know that God has put this in me, but the confidence that he has when he does it encourages me to want to walk in that as well. So I think it's, it's so important. Well, good giftings, I just believe they produce more gifts. Like yeah. A good gift produces, yeah. good fruit produces more Absolutely. fruit. And if, you know, we, we, can, we can pretty much attribute gift to uh, Holy Spirit fruit. I mean, that's mm. what it is. You know, he gave the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit produces fruit, and so on and so on and so on. Um, I don't know if you guys heard in, in my message this week about uh, Alex Parkinson's definition of the fivefold or how he explained it. Did you hear that? Yeah, the football mm -hmm. scenario. He said if the fivefold ministry was a football game, the five offices are the water boys. That's so crazy, <laughs> man. And that was so good because I love it. so many people think that the, the five offices are pumping themselves up to be something greater than themselves mm -hmm. when in fact it's a matter of the church being built on the, on top of the apostles and prophets Servanthood. so we actually come and i love that just that picture of that a water boy we're actually going up alongside people mm -hmm. looking for the gifting that they have pumping them up refreshing them giving them what they need so and they can go out, out yeah. and become fruit for somebody else to eat yeah you know? That's, That's how good. the church multiplied so fast yeah. in the in the in the book That's of Acts, right. man. Yeah, people knew their lane; they were staying in it, and they were bringing that water, man, to thirsty apostles and yep. other to build up other apostles. Yep, and, and, other and they weren't afraid to go after it. No, 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 no. There's there's no fear. I always tell people there's no fear in this game. Yeah, and it's not a game. I don't ever want you to assume that. That's don't crucify me for saying that. Like it's yeah. just a term that we use, but. There's no fear um, because we know that there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. And if perfect mm -hmm. love is Jesus, I'm him and he and me, what do I have to fear, man? But I, I do think there becomes a place where when it gets uncomfortable, fear can creep in. Yeah, I know I've second-guessed my ministry more times than I can even count on both hands. Like, am <laughs> oh, I where yeah. I'm supposed to be doing? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And I don't, you know, and that's where the simplest prayer ever comes in. Like, if it's outside of your will, Father, let it fall away. No matter how hard it hurts, mm -hmm. and I prayed this prayer. I prayed this prayer with you guys before. Where if this is not what you want, let it fail miserably. Yeah. That's a bold prayer, but that's what I pray. If this is not what you want, then I want to fail miserably. So mm -hmm. I'm so humble. I have nothing to do but turn around and look up at you. Like good. I'm flat on my back. Where does my help come from? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. Right. So, so Chris, one of your your strong suit is, and we've pretty much identified you. Teacher. in the fivefold as the teacher as a teacher mm -hmm. how have you with this recent process of us kind of growing in this thing and identifying and, and running with um how has it like affected you in your ministry at all um well i've been kind of walking in this teaching thing for a while just not knowing what i was doing 
I never identified myself as, okay, I am a teacher. This is what I am. I never put that label on myself, but I've always been drawn to enlighten people about the truths of what God says in his word and how he feels about us. It's been a passion of mine for years now, and it's not always easy to walk in that uh, because like, like he said, fear always tries to creep in Mm -hmm. and you know that there could be backlash, you know, like even dealing with social media, like we talked about, I've dealt with that, you know, hardcore with people just saying, oh, you're an extremist, you're doing too much, God doesn't care about that, God, God doesn't care what you listen to or what you watch and all this stuff like that. And um, so I, I always try to bring truth without attacking grace. That's good. That is my constant balance act, you yeah. know, like bring truth without attacking grace because grace is very important. I mean, we are saved by grace, you know? So, so I I make sure that I'm not attacking grace, but what I'm saying is, is that the word also talks about not taking advantage of the grace that's made available to us. That's good. So it's been an interesting journey for me, but coming into this and being able to embrace that role in that position saying, okay, I am the teacher. It's given me more confidence in my ministry. That's the biggest thing that it's given I was going to ask you if you felt a bit of an empowerment once you kind of officially took that on. You know yeah, I mean? and it's and, and I've never really been like a people pleaser, but to have people around me saying, hey, we believe in you in this That's role. so good. That is so important and it's so helpful. Like, a lot of people don't understand how much that helps. Just somebody saying, you know what, You're, you are good enough to do this. Yes. Like, God has yeah. equipped you to do this. And man now you know when i get up there and i'm about to speak and i i see you know my yeah. friends my brothers like let's go you know it just it excites me and it, and it helps me to do what god has called me to do that's good dude he i just as he's talking i mean i, I would think about if you ever meet chris hagan for the first time the last thing you would ever think is that um he would struggle with that I w- we were talking about that fear earlier like the last mm-hmm. thing you would ever think talking to him face to face whether it, be in a restaurant or on a street or in a school somewhere. The last thing you would ever think about this man is that fear tried to creep in and instill his des- uh-huh. destiny. But the I just really feel like the way that he's overcame those is his humility. This dude is one of the most humble people I've ever had the Thank just you. privilege of meeting. Amen. And God has blessed him in abundance for that man. And he's blessed him with this ministry as a teacher because he's humbled himself to be taught yeah. under the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and that, to me, dude, that is, oh, so it's many good. people want to run with something without being taught or without willing to learn, yeah. you know? The kingdom is upside down, bro. You know, you don't have the privilege to teach in the kingdom until you've been a student. Yeah. yeah you don't have, you don't have the privilege to be a father in the kingdom until you've been a yeah. son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's just something if, you know. It's it's almost like you didn't realize you were a teacher until you realized you were a student. I mean, yeah, until you yeah. were willing to be a student with other students. Exactly. You know I mean? And and I it was a long process of me like strictly learning. Like I was not mm-hmm. teaching anybody because I didn't even feel qualified to teach anybody. I was just clinging to God and spending time with him and all of a sudden I started just learning, 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 learning and then one day somebody came to me for ministry. Mm-hmm. It was actually Tara's brother, my brother-in-law, came to me for ministry for help with something. And all this stuff started pouring out of me. <laughs> and I'm like, I kind of know a lot, you know. And it <laughs> Where was did this cra- come from? <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy. And Stored it was up. strictly the Holy Spirit. I yeah. take no credit for that. It was strictly the Holy Spirit. And it was like, wow, you know, and it helped him immensely. And it kind of changed my perspective of who I was. I'm like, wow, God has really put some things in me. Yeah. So that's kind of how it started. That's awesome. Dude, how do you, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I, I was just thinking as we were like rattling this stuff around, I listened to a message from Ryan Lestrange a while back. And this dude was like teaching. I mean, he's an apostle, but he was like teaching on um, how you get to your gifting. And it's not about you getting it. Obviously, it's about God giving it to you in the right season, the right time, the appointed time. But he was saying, like, there's so many self-appointed people out there that haven't Mm. even been through anything. There's so many people that want to be prophets that have never been through any struggles. And and the the ability to learn gives you the ability to teach. The ability to prophesy gives you the ability to be prophesied over, you know. So it's the same thing with evangelists. And I mean, I had somebody to pour into me to institute this thing into me, like, wow, this is really real. And I can actually run with this, like with a heart abandoned, 
And again, like you said, having people in your corner, like cheering you on, like I I always just allude to the fact that Jesus has people. I, I just get this vision of him. Like I can see him above everybody else, but I can still see other people gathered around him. And he's, he's holding this sign with my name on at the finish line, like, like my biggest fan, but I, you know, all the people that I run with along the way are right by him. Just Mm. like go, you know? And so when you have that kind of, um, when you have that, just that kind of power that exudes from the presence of other people and the spirit of God within them, dude, Sky is the limit. And like you said, let's go. Let's go with this. Let's do it, man. There's a vein. There's a vein of people that just really believe that God's not like about experience. You know, you say the word experience from people. Oh, no, he isn't about feelings or he isn't about experience. Man, if he didn't lead us all through experiences, you know, he 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 led his disciples right. He allowed things to happen with his disciples for experience. I I heard this said the other day. It was really cool. He said, um, we're all out there looking for that lifetime experience or that, sorry, we're all out there looking for that experience of a lifetime, mm-hmm. chasing after the experience of a lifetime. And God actually wants to give us a lifetime of experience. Yeah. Wow. You know, there's a big difference there. Oh, when yeah. We're chasing after that next experience or that next feeling mm-hmm. when God's actually just got a whole lifetime of experience to unveil to you. Exactly. Well, so everybody yeah. want, I listened to that message by Christine Kane, man. And she was talking about everybody wants to be discovered. You're not supposed to be discovered. You're supposed to be developed. That's good. Mm. And through those experiences, you're developed. And then it's not like somebody catching your live feed and going, that dude can preach. Let's call him in and give him a salary. Right. It's, it's, a, it's about the development of your experiences, like what you're going through and the giftings that God has showered on you to give to somebody else. Sooner or later, you're going to be in a position to give them an experience because you went through it. And actually, staying going back to that the Facebook thing, I think I would have more respect watching somebody handle that situation and how they react to that situation than I would their original message on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I'm watching a sermon and I see the <laughs> enemy come bashing after somebody, I'm going to have more respect for how that person handles that criticism mm-hmm. than how they actually <laughs> preached at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. So that's cool. So yeah. if that experience wasn't there, sometimes, sometimes we find Jesus through the experience, oh, yeah. through the, through the hard time. I'm Absolutely. telling you, man, yeah. I've, I've always said like, the experiences that we have with Jesus is what breeds our relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So when you come to church, if you keep coming, keep having experiences, I mean, that's like in any relationship, if you meet a woman and you have consistent experiences with her, then you're going to be like, you know what? I want to do this for real. Yeah. Like, I want to do this. I've learned a lot about you. I've grown close to you. I've appreciated these experiences. I want lifetime experiences with you. Mm-hmm. I want to marry you. I want to be with you forever, man. Those experiences should never be taken for granted in the kingdom. Amen. That's a good word, man. That's awesome. Ooh. So I do believe that he's an experiential God, man. You think you look you look biblically at all the experiences. Mm-hmm. Moses going to the mountaintop and coming down and his yeah. face they couldn't even see his that was an experience. Abram for yeah. taking his son out to sacrifice right. him. That was That's, an experience. Yeah. I mean David dude. David killing Goliath. He probably could have done without that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. He was he, he was coming to deliver some sandwiches to his brothers. He could have done without <laughs> some the cheese. Ni- the nine foot guy. <laughs> criticizing him and his faith and his walk with God and all that stuff. Yeah. No, what an good. experience. And, and, and the experience that you are going through is rippling to those around you. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. think about that when David shows up and, and the Israelites are f- just freaking out. Like there's this valley and on the other side, there's these Philistines and they have a nine foot tall dude. And David's like, so what's the big deal? Yeah. Oh, like wow. you read the story and you see the anger building up in David. It's a righteous anger because when he approaches that experience, that issue that is at hand, he looks at him and he goes, I'm going to cut your head off because you defiled my God. That's basically what, that's all he tells him. Like, yeah. I'm coming for your wow. head because yeah. of what you said about my father. Yeah. And they're all like behind him, like, he's just a Rudy 15 year old. What, he's going to get slashed. <laughs> all he knew is that God was with him. He didn't know, he didn't need to know anything else. And that experience need. wasn't even the end of the story. Mm-mm. He cuts his head off, and what happens? They all get to go and they invade the other yeah. territory and take all their stuff. Yeah. Like that was actually the, the beginning of the breakthrough mm-hmm. for that, mm-hmm. for that family of people so that's had that experience not happen we don't get to experience the rest of the story in the book so good so So that's man come on he is a god of experience come on and he wants us to experience him 
in our marriages, in our finances, in our fellowship, in our family, in our in our fun. That's a that's a crazy word to throw around sometimes in a church yeah. culture. The church is supposed to be fun. Wait a minute. Yeah, it better be. Like you better be having a fun time with God, or you're going to be having fun somewhere else yeah. in the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? It's good. So yeah, that's really cool about the idea of experience, and I think that's what we're with this fivefold ministry. We're wanting the body of Christ to experience the fullness of Christ. Yeah, we're yep. wanting them to experience Jesus as the evangelist. Mm-hmm. We're wanting them to experience Jesus as the prophet, Jesus as the teacher, every one of those things. And that doesn't happen. There's no experience there unless we've experienced it. Yeah, I've experienced yeah. Jesus as the prophet in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And so because of that, I can introduce other people to that same that same opportunity. It's good. That's good. Amen. That's really good. Whew. So, Chris, man, tell us what's going on with you. And uh, right now you got basketball. He's the assistant coach. Assistant Go coach of the, the uh, Dodge Go City Conks. Community College men's basketball team. What uh, what's that looking like right now, man? We uh, definitely got a different different look uh, for our team this year. Last year, um, the head coach he got the job about two weeks before school started. I didn't get here till a week after school started, so we didn't have any time to recruit. Uh, we basically just got the best players we could get that late, and uh, so we didn't have a very good year. But this year, we got a chance to recruit. We had over eight months worth of recruiting, and we got a bunch of talent on our team we're just really excited to get it going uh basketball for me as much as I love it um it has really been secondary because being around those young men all the time is just a great ministry opportunity to influence the younger generation and it just be the light be the light because they don't see it as much as you would think and uh, we've done that at the church at Woolrose trying to get them you know to come to church, giving them rides and doing the Bible study with them. So it's really just been a blessing to be in that environment and to bring Jesus into the environment, Mm -hmm. even though it's mostly about basketball. um, You don't always have to be ministering, like talking and teaching about Jesus to be ministering through your life. That's good. And just not compromising and, and, you know, holding them accountable for some of the things that they say, you know, it's, there's other ways to minister. So I just encourage anybody that's listening to minister with your life before you minister with your mouth, because Ooh, people watch what you do Ooh. more than they watch what you say. That's good, dude. What say, come, say that one more time. <laughs> minister <laughs> with your life before you minister with your mouth. The kingdom of God is not about talk. It's about power. That's good. Yeah. So explain, explain that to me on the recruiting trail. I'm a, I'm a sports guy. Mm-hmm. I, I love college athletics. I love the idea of recruiting. When you go into a recruit's home, when you're meeting the family, you're selling yourself. Yeah. Right. As yeah. as that coach. How does that work with your faith? What what lines do you feel like you have? <laughs> what boundaries do you feel like you have? Or are you just all yeah. out Chris Hagan? Um, honestly, my approach, and I think me and you have talked about this before, my approach is I'm always gonna be who God created me to be, so I don't ever have to put on different hats. So when I go into somebody's home and I'm like trying to get them to be a part of our program, I don't have to be different than who I am when I'm sitting with you guys and we're just talking. I literally go in and I tell the truth about what we can offer as a program, about my boss as the head coach, what he's accomplished in his life. Um, I literally just make sure that I'm being honest in everything that I do. Um, And I, promote the program but i promote it in a in a sense of truth and just encouragement as far as what we can do i do tell recruits about our bible study and what we do on campus and things i will never be ashamed of what i do in the kingdom and i think that's so important and be surprised most people love that they're like oh that is that is great i mean uh my boss he had a situation where he prayed for a kid in front of his in front of his parents like he prayed with the with the family mom comes outside and it's like he's coming Wow. (laughs) You know, but a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to get involved in that. But man, listen, people want to love Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, but sometimes they just need that little push. Like you talked about, get rid of that fear, show some confidence. So that's usually my approach when I deal with recruits. Yeah, man. Like who? who, Okay. If you're a mom, if you're a mama and and you're in your kids out of state and and you're bringing (laughs) and you're bringing my baby across two states or three states or whatever and. You're bringing him into a program who is, let's be real, all of us experienced college life a little bit, and mm-hmm. it's, it's there's 
Definitely a couple different sides, but you can choose which side you want to go. Some of us experience less college than others. <laughs> so, hey, why are you staring at me? I'm not a, I'm not a smart man. Why, why are you staring? Oh, okay. Okay, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. But but, <laughs> but if you're a mama and, and you and you know that your baby's going to a place that's unfamiliar and there's un, you know uncharted territory for him there, and somebody comes up to me, even as a father, I'm, I'm saying mamas, but even as a father, if somebody walks into my house and says, hey, we have Bible studies available. We have people that are willing to encourage and build up your kid in the kingdom. I'm like, dude, that's probably where you need to be. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know. So that's good stuff, man. Talk to us a little bit about the Thursday night Bible studies. You just kind of mentioned that before. What what what's that setting look like? Uh, so we go into a, one of the basements of the dorm, and we basically just invite the kids out. We we have a very just open vibe to what we do uh we just want everybody to know that we're available to them you can come if you don't come if you miss there's no pressure on the kids but we just make ourselves available to them and this year we took a little bit of a different approach instead of just coming and and teaching we on the first day said write down some things that you would like to learn about and you guys let us know what what you're curious about what you need to know in the kingdom and we try to take that and let God lead us as far as what we share with them. And we rotate. It's very similar to the fivefold, what we do, different gifts and different types of teaching. And so uh, Shauna, who started it, who was great with the kids, myself and Tara, we rotate and we just let God lead us as far as what we share with them. And most of the kids, they come to church and it's just been a great environment to be in to see young people chasing after Jesus. About how many kids do you have? Usually, usually, well, last year we ended up getting up to almost 30 kids wow. uh, and they most of them will come to church. You remember. But this year we just started, you know, with it being a junior college two years and they're gone. Yeah. So we got to start pray, basically started up again every year. And a lot of the re, the returning kids are there, but it's about half of what we had last year. And then it'll slowly get built up as the yep. year goes on. And so we're, we, we believe that it'll be back to 30, 40 kids by the That's end awesome. of it. So I just want to ask something in regards to that. Like, what have you found in your studies that's been most productive? Because for me at that age, man, you said it. You said being available. That was the most important thing for me at that age. Mm -hmm. It's just to know that somebody was available, like if I needed something. Because you're not always going to go in there and specifically talk about one verse for the rest of the time. Somebody may come to you and say, hey, Chris, X, Y, Z is going on, man. I have no idea what to do or how how to do that. So. How do you feel like the most productive thing inside those meetings? What is that for you guys? The most productive thing to me has been the relationships. I mean, we've been teaching a lot, but the teachings are received because of the relationships that we've built with them. Um, I had a young man come up to me the other day and he literally said that he had never communicated with anybody about the problems he was dealing with in his life. He said his sister had cancer. She's like 15 years old, has cancer. He said that he's crying every night. He said that he watched a Facebook video of me and my wife on Facebook and said he wanted to get happy about the video, but couldn't. Said Mm -hmm. something was eating him up inside to the point where he's like, I wanted to be so happy, but I could not get happy. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how to be happy. And so I sat there after Bible study for like an hour and a half and just talked to him. Just talked to him. And he appreciated it so much. You guys know Abby. Abby lives with us now she was our bible study kid last year she felt like god was bringing her back to dodge we open our home hey come and stay with us we'll pour into you spiritually we'll be there for you it's just the availability because the enemy's making himself available yeah so it's up to us to make ourselves available on the other side but say i'm not going to just be available i'm going to show you how much better this is so that's that's that's, good to me that's the most important thing that's awesome keep doing it man Definitely, doing it. I know definitely. Sean has asked me to come in there and, and teach a couple times. I need to follow yeah, up on that. Yeah, that'd be nice, bro. I need to follow up on that. <laughs> no, I love those kids. I love having them there, man. It's uh, It's been fun to go to football games, too, and watch them. Yeah, because it's know, different you, when you know them. You get to know these kids. Oh, and man. You get to see some of their sideline antics and, and then hold them accountable <laughs> later. That's awesome. Yeah, you definitely it. cheer different when you know the kids. It's like, hey, great job, but uh, watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that play so wasn't good. that good. Be humble. Come on. <laughs> That's so good. Well, man, we're about, we're about running short here. Uh, normally, I have Scotty pray me out, but. Since Chris Hagen is here, oh, we want to hear prayer. This, Chris Hagen oh, pray. This prayer etiquette, man. Oh, my prayers are unheard. 
Stop. They're unheard when Chris is in the room. Because God's like, I see Chris there. I rebuke it. I yeah, see Chris too. there. So, man, do you mind praying this out, bro? Definitely, definitely. Awesome. Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity and for the position of ministry that you've given all of us. Uh, we do not take this for granted. We do not take this for granted. And we just humble ourselves before you right now to say that this is all because of you. It's not because of us. It's not by our might or power, but it's by your spirit, God. And we just thank you for your spirit gracing us on today. You could be anywhere, but you choose to be with us. And we choose to be with you, God. We just thank you for the love that you've shown all of us and to everyone that's listening. I pray that everyone will open their hearts to just receive what your spirit has spoken on today, God. That it will be something that will help mold them and change them and direct them in the way that you want them to go. Just believing that everyone listening to this right now is going to go into a different place with you, God. They're going to go to a deeper relationship with you because that's what it's all about. We want to know you, God, and we want you to know us so that you can tell us well done, well done. And so you can receive us, God. We love you and we thank you for everything that's gone forth on today. We're just believing that this ministry is going to continue to grow. You have your hand placed right over everything that we're doing because we let you, God. We don't block you out. We're not going to push you away, Lord. We receive your anointing. We receive your blessing, God. We just receive your prosperity in the name of Jesus. Thank you for everything that you're going to do to pour into this ministry, Lord. Just overflow. We want our cup to be running over by the time that we're done with this thing, God. And we just thank you for never giving up on us. Yes, Lord. Even when we weren't doing things your way, you just continue to pour and you continue to be patient. Your word Mm. says that love is patient and you have been true to your word in each and every one of our lives. Mm. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your willingness to give us this opportunity, God. Just give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I just got saved, bro. Come on. I just go. got saved. Come on. We want to encourage you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in again. I encourage you to rate, review, subscribe, and share this episode. We're going to close this episode out with an original jam Uh-oh. by Chris Hagen and oh. our boy, our boy Colton May. This is the song's called Falling. It's on their debut album. Chill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just speaking that forth right now in Jesus' name. Check it out, though. This is uh, Chris. Uh, Hagen produced this this song with Colton. Hope you guys enjoy it. Until next time, be blessed. And if you're out there, come shake me. And if you want to, I'm ready. And I am tired of running. When all this time I could have been falling. I could have been falling. been a little frightened can't see or hear your love when i'm living unrighteous battles that i'm fighting like david match with goliath i slay my passions desires i pray my past will retire no more i send my burdens a shove and leave my pain at the door got new affection for direction when my knees hit the floor in my relationship with everything that's keeping me poor you promised me that all the riches from your spirit was pure and i accept who you are loving me from afar until i pull you in close you showed me just who you are you manufactured the stars, fulfilled laws. Your grace was in each scar. I praise you in each bar. I thank you for each lesson I've learned. But the true blessing was something I could not earn. I need your fire to burn while teaching me to discern. I want everything you got. I'm finally falling for God. If The Holy Spirit is covering me. Unlike the prison, I'm seeing the vision. I'm talking, this presence is hovering. Got a lot of habits, but I won't back down. Running this race till I get that crown. Tell the ones lost that they can't be found. And I'm just like, if you're out yeah. there.